are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Have your Bible turn with me, please, to 2 Samuel chapter 23. These are the last words of a great man. The Bible calls him the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Bible said he's a man after God's own heart. And the Bible also bears me out to say he's the greatest soldier that ever lived. David fought at one time in the wrong army, but he fought. But he so fought that the people that he fought with knew that his heart wasn't in and on that side. And they came to the commanding officer and said, we believe that this fellow David needs to be discharged. Don't believe his heart's really in it. The man said, he's, uh, he's just like an angel as far as I'm concerned. He's, his conduct's been good. He's one of the greatest soldiers I've ever known. And David actually accepted an honorable discharge from a dishonorable army. And he went back to Ziklag. David was the kind of soldier that fought. Now, the one occasion that he didn't go to war is when he got in trouble. You remember that? He sent Uriah and the fellows up there to fight, and he stayed around the palace. A soldier is always at his best at the battlefront. No good soldier likes to be on a furlough. He'd rather be in the battle. David's uh, bravery started in the pasture where he was brought up. Out on a little ranch of some sort, keeping sheep. His dad said to him one day, David, I'm going to commit the sheep now and the lambs to you care, and I want you to look after him for me. And he said, I'll do it. He obeyed command of his dad. It cost him a real risk when a bear came and a lion came kill both of them. His next step was going to be a visit to the battlefront. And his dad said, son, I believe I'll let you go up to see how the boys are getting along. Had three big brothers off at war. All of them scared to death of old Goliath. You know, God will finish us up if we get scared and we get to run from our enemy. I never had thought about it till the other day. Elijah went home after he ran from Jezebel. You notice that? He killed her entire ministerial alliance and all her clergymen and manicured ministers. But brother, when Jezebel got after him, he bailed out and cried, let me die. It's a discouraging thing, Dr. Jones, to run from your enemy. 
You never do defeat your enemy running from him. And in a moment, in the closing words, we're going to have a picture of a soldier that stands. David was discounted because of his size. He was one of the rejects. I mean, they didn't take him off to service. They took his three older brothers. Because man always looks on the outward appearance and not on the heart. And David had a great heart. And you'll never be a great soldier without a great heart. You'll never be a great Christian without a great heart. Soldiering for Christ starts with a heart transplant. Until your heart's broken, and you're filled with love and compassion, you'll never be a great soldier. And David was standing at the battlefield, and all he could see was a giant. And the giant blasphemed the name of God. And David, of course, immediately accepted the challenge to kill him. They said, you'll have to go get a permit. Mm-hmm. You'll have to get a license. And little old David said, where do I get it? He said, up at the State Department. That's right. Well, he said, and little old fellow, he didn't have any better sense than go ask for it. He won't kill that giant, that's all. He didn't care what is between him and kill. And he got up there, and King Saul said, Sonny boy, what do you want? He said, I just want a permit to kill that giant. Said, that fellow's against God. And said, God not going to say they're going to be a killing. And he believed it. He said, son, I don't imagine you'd be the one to do it. And then's when he told his story. You remember that? He never had told it before. He said, well, I know one thing. With these hands right here, I killed a lion, I killed a bear. And I don't believe that's David. King said, all right, and this is what the states told me. And we're leading up to what we're going to have in the morning. He said, son, if you're determined to go fight the giant, I'll have one of my aides to get my armor for you. And you'll have to fight with my armor. And he let him put it on. He didn't know beans about it. He put, they put that armor on him. And, and David was awkward around there trying to walk around with it. He said, I believe this is going to interfere with my getting to my slingshot. Amen. <laughs> he said, he said, you see, I, I brought my gun along. And said, if you don't mind, but you know, the woods are full of preachers and people that always want to fight in somebody else's armor. And you're not worth killing when you get it on. You might as well learn that God has his own armor for you, and he has the way he wants you to fight and live, and why don't you do it? You know the story, don't you? David went to the battlefield, and he killed the giant. But he did pick up five stones on the way for his ammunition, didn't he? And I'd like to say he got him out of the brook, and those stones had been prepared. I mean, the water had rolled those stones and made them smooth, and uh, everything was ready. And David went up and killed him, and then took his own sword and cut his head off. 
I mean, sawed right through his jugular vein, and that's exactly what we need of the enemy. Did you know that? And we're never, Dr. Jones, we're never, never. David didn't go out there and load his slingshot with Kleenexes. Solid rock! And that leads me to my text. You got your Bible, Second Samuel chapter 23 and verse 10. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave unto the sword. You know why Bob Jones University has been able to continue in spite of opposition and misunderstanding and uh, in spite of the criticism of high standards and decent dress and uh, uh, with the conduct that becomes... You know why? It's because she's kept her hand stuck to the sword. You say, sword, that's right, just the Bible right here. And the Bible said the Lord wrought a great victory. When? When they kept their hand stuck to the sword. You preacher boys. How many of you preacher boys? Hold up your hand, missionaries. Come on, stick your hand up. Boys, you better get a hold of this and stick to it till it sticks to you. You better memorize it. Of course, I never have been a professor and never will be, but if I ever got connected with this school or any other school and they said, Brother Olaf, We'd like for you to make one suggestion. My first suggestion would be make everybody memorize one chapter of the Word of God every month. They're in school or flunk every one of them. All you got to do is just get a hold of it. And if you'd memorize, you're going to be in school, what? Uh, 36 months? 36 chapters of the Word of God. That'd just be part of it. I mean, that'd just be your, uh, I'd just be your, your snacks between meals. Word of God, they, they stuck to the Word, and they clave to the Word. And then, verse 12, he stood in the midst of the ground. Amen. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, he stood his ground? This word came from right here. He stood his ground. What did he do? He didn't just stand out there twiddling his thumbs, said he defended it. Amen. He stood out there in that ground and defended his ground. And then what happened? The Lord wrought a great victory and slew the Philistines. You know, the Philistines are the fellows that came along and filled up the wells that Abraham had dug. And Dr. Jones, we've got more Philistines in this generation filling up wells. I mean, putting the mud in, putting the dirt in. And the Bible said to fill them up with earth. And the Bible said Isaac dug again the well. And every time they dig a well, here come the Philistines, fill it up, and they dig another well. And uh, that's the reason I preached the message on be not weary and well digging. <laughs> Brother, it's a constant battle of digging wells. That bunch of Philistines have come along and filled up three of our wells in Texas and left 600 empty beds. You say, what are you going to do about dig them again? You say, why don't you join the Philistines? I'll kill the Philistines, but I won't join them. I'll remind you as I close the message. God's people have every right to expect victory. Though I've waded through tears and heartaches, 
And I've seen our little girls die and go to prisons and mental wards, and many are missing today. And in the morning, we'll tell you the story. But I'd like for the students today, one of the greatest student bodies in the world, with the greatest faculty that I know anything about, great president, and a great heritage to defend. Brother, we better defend our ground. We've got some holy ground we're standing on. We've been to the bush. This old fire book will stand us in good stead if we'll stay with it. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.